All right, welcome into another episode. This is episode 55, all about hiring your new team members. If you're in an area that is finally opening up again, then you might be gearing up to hire someone soon. I know that we've been really intentional with our hiring process, and each time we hire, we get a little bit better and a little bit better every single time. So today we're going to talk all about when you know it's time to hire someone, how to go about writing a job description, where we recruit, and the interview process. How do we get to that finish line? If you saw on our Instagram poll, we asked you if you wanted to hear about hiring a new team member or fostering your current team members. And so we decided to cover both because we had lots of inquiries for both of those. So next week, you'll have to tune in because we're going to be doing another episode all about fostering your current team. And so you might want to come back for that. Hey there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients through mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. again on the episode with us and Brooke as you know is our newest hire she was hired back in December and so we thought what a better way to do this episode with a new hire so that you can kind of hear from her perspective how the hiring process went and maybe what she was feeling when she was just hired and how she was feeling through our interview process and how we kind of came to picking her So Brooke, introduce yourself. Tell us, um, I mean, you've been on a lot of episodes now, but tell us a little bit about um, maybe the highs and lows. I don't know if you grew up around a a dining table where um, your mom and dad asked you what your high and your low was of the day, but I want you to tell me what was your high and your low of the interview process of coming onto our team here at Brenda. Okay. Well... I would say, well, first of all, I'm Brooke. If you haven't listened to any of our other episodes, my name is Brooke, and I'm the content manager. Um, So I would say the high for me would be um, forcing myself to branch out. Yeah, just trying something new. That is a very scary thing to like, you know, leave an old job to go do something different. And it's scary to have change. And so I would say that was the biggest high for me was just trying something different. As far as like actually the interview, I think the high of the interview, which we'll probably get into this more later, is whenever they had me do the mock blog post. I thought that was really fun and creative. And I really loved that part of the interview process. The low, I feel like they're really, I mean, I'm not just saying this, there weren't really any lows. I felt like you can be honest. Okay, okay. You can be honest. Like, just because I'm your boss does not mean you can't correct where we may have screwed like, up. Honestly, because we are human. I'm completely honest. I can't think of a thing that happened during the interview process that I was like, this is bad. Because from my first meeting with Kaylee, it went great. Because that's whenever I was unsure if I was looking for an, a new job or not. And so I ended up meeting up with her, and our conversation went so good that I was like, okay, this is meant to be. 
And then from then on, I just always felt really great with you guys. Maybe the scariest, I don't know if that's the same thing as a low, but the scariest part of the interview was most definitely the video part where you only have like 10 seconds to answer a question or whatever. (laughs) That was the scariest, but I wouldn't say it was a low. It was another thing to like get me out of my shell. So that's my honest feedback on that. (laughs) I love it. I love that you can be honest about that stuff for sure. Um, For those of you who are listening in, if you don't already know this, we are a very transparent team. Like, we are not afraid to tell each other, like, hey, I actually really hate that we do this thing. And we are totally open to, like, changing things up. I mean, we could only get better. So, (laughs) All right. Well, let's start out by talking about um, kind of what are some circumstances to where it feels like it's time to hire someone new, right? So there's so many different things that can happen to where we're like, oh, I need to hire someone. So what, um, you know, some some things that I can probably say off the top of my head of reasons why you might need to hire someone is one, you are doing all the things and things are getting dropped. Like you are doing the sales and you're doing the deliveries and you're doing Uh, the marketing, you're doing social media, and you're doing like all these things, but you're not doing them well, you're just like doing them to to, um, check them off of your list. But they're not being done necessarily well, or things are slipping through the cracks, and you can't get through everything. Um, I am a procrastinator. I'm sure you've known this about me now, Brooke, but I am a procrastinator. But there's a difference between procrastination and things falling through the cracks. And so knowing the difference between those two are really great. And so we need to figure out, you know, where do where are is our task load and at what point does it feel like it's too much that might be a good time to hire. Um, another reason it might be good to hire is you you are super overwhelmed and you're working more than a 40-hour work week, right? Most of us entrepreneurs, if you're listening to this and you are a business owner or you're an entrepreneur, there's plenty of times in my career that I have pushed 80, 90 hours a week. And in some seasons, that's just kind of how it's going to happen, especially as you're growing a brand, as you're growing a business, and you're trying to get to a point where you can actually hire someone, you might have to push those times. But after you are in business for a little while, and you maybe have some other team members, or you don't have team members, and you are constantly in this workflow of working 80-hour weeks or 100-hour weeks, and you're not getting a break at all, might be time to hire someone. And so... So those are some of questions that you might want to ask yourself, like, am I constantly in a need of having to work so many times? Am I missing soccer games of my kids? Am I missing out on family vacations because I have to work? And yes, I've been there for all three of those scenarios. And so you might get to a point where you're like, I just need to hire someone. I just need to hire someone. And it doesn't have to be a full-time position. Spoiler alert, it does not have to be a full-time position. It can be a virtual. It can be an assistant position. It can be part-time yeah, position. Part-time assistant. But, yeah, I mean, those are just some examples of, of when you need to hire someone. Now, we all have the want to hire someone, right? We always want somebody to be there. But um, financially, we also have to be in a place where we can hire someone. Um, there's kind of a fine balance and we're actually in the middle of that right now where there's a fine line of we are super, super busy, but financially, are we in a place to where we can hire someone and we'll be opening up a position very, very soon. Um, so 
be on the lookout. <laughs> if you follow us on Instagram, we'll probably post about it there. So if you're looking for a job and you want to work with us, you might uh, follow us on Instagram at therender.co. But we are in a position right now to where we are kind of trying to figure out when is the time to pull the trigger on our next hire. Um, and so you do have to be at a point where financially you can afford to have that person come on. But also, does the workload support that decision as well? And so those are just some scenarios where you might consider hiring someone uh, for your next position. When you guys were um, at a, the place, you know, last November when you were looking at hiring a content manager, do you think that all of those things that you just listed off is kind of where y'all were at? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we wanted to hire a content manager back in like July, August, when we launched Rental Biz Academy and the podcast and all of those things. But we also simultaneously had to get to a point where we financially could afford that, but the workload may have been there. And so, you know, most of us have struggled somewhat in 2020 financially with our businesses, especially in the events industry. And so when our mainstream of income kind of went away because of events being canceled, we did have to wait to a point to where we could financially afford to have someone come on, such as yourself. Um, but those were some questions that we had to internalize and figure out like, yes, we have enough low workload for someone to hire, but we also need to pump the brakes and wait until you know we can afford to do that. And so you might have to bootstrap it for a little bit until you're ready to hire. But we can't just hire just because we're overwhelmed or just because we have too much on our plate. We financially have to be there too. I see too many people hiring just to hire and, and just to have the big teams to say like, oh, I have, you know, 18 employees. Like, okay, but are all of those employees doing something? Yeah. And, you know, can you actually afford that? Or are you going to have to let go of some people because you jumped the gun too too quickly? Is there a good rule of thumb for like, you should be making X amount to be able to afford this like a good. Yeah. So I typically, and I teach this in rental biz Academy. I typically like to have in our savings account, one full year of, um, of that person's salary. So it depends on the job title that we're hiring for. Most of our full-time employees are on a salary or a hourly with a minimum hours that they're going to hit. And so I like to have as much in the bank that would cover an annual year of their salary or of their pay. If we're not at that point and we still need to hire anyways, I want to be able to have at least three months worth in that uh, in that bank account and have the history over the last three to six months of revenue coming in to where that can be financially supported as right. well. So for example, if I'm adding $2,000 a month in payroll, I want to make sure that I am consistently um, having that amount in my revenue coming in every single month for at least a few months um, to be sure that we're going to hit that. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So once you figure out financially, I can afford to hire someone. And once you get to that point, then we need to talk about what is this person going to be doing? So if you are a solopreneur and this is your first hire, you might not know what you need to hire for yet. And that's okay. You can kind of figure it out. But I'm going to tell you guys about a trick that uh, Kaylee and I kind of came up with. And um, it was inspired by a few different practices and we just meshed them all in together. 
but we do this process with a note card, a stack of note cards. And we split the stack of note cards and we say, all right, Cam, I am going to put down all the tasks that I am doing in my role. Kaylee, you're going to do that in your role. Um, Brooke, when we go to hire this next person, we're going to put you into that realm as well. So anyone on our team that would be working simultaneously with this person, we're going to write down all the tasks that we do in our position and the amount of time that it takes us to do that. And so back before we hired you, Brooke, Kaylee and I both were splitting some of the content uh, management roles. And so on my list, I put uh, recording the podcast takes me about an hour and editing the podcast takes me about an hour and a half. Writing the show notes takes me about 45 minutes. Uploading it all to um, our platforms and getting it all out there and marketed, that takes me about an hour and a half. Um, I also do emails. I also um, follow up with anyone who's a guest on the podcast. I mean, we wrote down all of the things that we both do in our positions. And then we separated them into three different piles. So the first pile is all the tasks that I absolutely love to do and I want to keep doing it. So when it comes to this podcast, for example, I wanted to keep recording the podcast. I love recording the podcast and being able to teach our students and teach our listeners certain things. So that stayed in my love to do this thing. The second pile is a pile of all the things that you could do, you kind of, you you don't hate doing them, you don't kind of have to do them, but you just do them. And so one of those was editing the podcast. I can edit the podcast. Do I like editing the podcast? Not really. Can somebody else do it? Sure, yeah, somebody else could do it. It's trainable. And so that went in that pile. And then there was the pile of all the things that I hated to do, but I might have to do them anyways. Like I don't really love doing those things, but mm, I'm going to do it anyways because that's part of my job. So one of the things that I don't love to do is payroll, but that's a part of my job as the business owner of this company is I'm going to do yeah. payroll. And so we put these little things into these piles of the things that we absolutely love to do. We want to keep doing it. It's what makes us fired up for our job and our role. The things that we can do to, don't necessarily have to do. And then the things that we just have to do. Like that's just a part of our job description. Um, and so we put those into these piles and then we came together and we said, all right, these middle things, the things that we can do, but not necessarily have to do, what are those things and where do they overlap? And so, for example, this is part of your role now, was editing the podcast, doing the show notes, putting the, together the graphics, uploading it to the, uh, the, the platforms and all of that, marketing it on social media. Those tasks were shared between Kaylee and I. She was making the graphics. She was putting it on social media. I was doing the podcast editing. I was putting it on to the platforms. And we said, you know what? We both can do these roles, but we don't love to do them. And there's other things that make us fired up for our positions. And so we said, all right, these can be in the same role. Kaylee and I, um, we do a lot for this business, especially in 2020. We had to furlough a whole bunch of people. And so we ended up having to take on a lot of these tasks. So we had a whole lot of tasks on our uh, note cards. And so we combined the ones that we could see a role being created out of this. And so that might be something that our listeners do. Go through all the things that you do and put them in these different piles, the things that you love to do, the things that you don't necessarily have to do, but do anyways, and the things that you absolutely have to do, whether you like it or not. And then create, what does that next position look like for you? 
And so then we put it into a job description. So we took these little note cards. We said, all right, this is the, what this person is going to do. Um, what, uh, what do they need to qualify? Like what will make them a good candidate for this? Um, we talked about what Enneagram should they be? What, um, how should they work? Are they a procrastinator or are they someone who gets on top of it? Are they a type A person or type B person? We tried to really narrow down who is it that we want for this position and then how are we going to market that, right? So we put this job description together and you can go on Google and you go go find a template for a job description and fill that out. Um, the job description probably isn't as important as the communication that you are um, having with your um, uh, potential employee that you are hiring. And then you get to market it, right? So when we market for someone in our office, we usually put that on social media, mainly Instagram, but we might make a post on Facebook, but mainly Instagram. We have a whole bunch of followers. We have people who reach out um, often who want to work for us. And we're like, sorry, we don't have a position available right now, but we'll let you know when we do. Um, and so we put a post out on Instagram for our office crew. If we are hiring for a warehouse crew or someone who is being a delivery driver, we typically will do that in-house, meaning a referral, someone who's on our team might know somebody who wants a job, or we go to ZipRecruiter or Indeed. Those have been some really great resources for us. But when it comes to our office staff, we put out a post on Instagram, we put on our newsfeed, and we put it on stories to kind of market the news that, hey, we've got a new position available. And so each time, so the last position we hired for was the content manager, which is your role. We had 34 people submit their resume and cover letter, which was a lot of people. <laughs> we had 34. And then the position before that was our assistant uh, sales manager. And we had 28 people reach out for that position. So typically when we're putting out a job position, um, because we've built up a name for our business and because we've built up a reputation, we have a lot of people who want to work for us, which is encouraging and it's exciting. But then what do we do with all those, right? That's a lot of people. And for those of you listening, if you put out a job request or a job position opening, you might not have 34 people. You might have eight people or two people, and that is okay. You'd rather have more uh, more than one reach out for a job position. But in the case that you get 34 people or you get 50 or you get 20 or you get however many you get, you have to figure out how do you get all of them to understand the same information and go through the same interview process, right? So as someone who was one of the 34 people that reached out, do you feel like you were um, given enough information? Do you feel like um, you were one of 34 or do you feel like you were one of few? Like, how do you feel knowing that you were one of 34? Like, did you feel like that in the time? Cause I feel like someone who's interviewing, they're like, I have no chance if I'm one of 34. Yeah. Like my chances are very slim. Yeah. I had no idea that y'all were, had that many other candidates involved. So definitely now hearing all of that, I'm like, wow, I feel really blessed and happy that you guys chose me. But no, in the moment, I wasn't sure if there was anyone else. And I think Kaylee might have mentioned that y'all were interviewing someone else, but I honestly don't remember that really being much of a conversation. So whenever I, I actually reached out to her, possibly on her personal account, I'm pretty sure. And I was mm -hmm. like, 
hey, I randomly remember seeing Render having an opening for a job. It was like an early Sunday morning that I was just thinking about my life and I messaged her this. And she was like, yeah, we are. And I'm like, can we please meet up? And so we ended up meeting up for coffee. And that that first meeting was not um, really an interview. Like I didn't go into it thinking like, it was really just a conversation about what the job entailed. It was more of like a in-depth description of what I would be doing if I was to get the job. And so we had coffee and the conversation just went super great. And from then on, I kind of just thought like, I think she really likes me and I really like her. And so I hope this works out. But I had no idea that there was so many other people like involved too. So if I remember correctly, you reached out, I think, after our first round of interviews. So we have three to four rounds of interviews, and they all are very different from each other. I think you reached out as we were either within our first round or somewhere near that. And I remember Kaylee coming back from coffee with you, and she was like, we have to hire Brooke. And I was like, Kaylee... We have 34 other people that have inquired. Like, I can't just say, like, sorry, yeah. you can't go on to the next level and just, like, be with this one. Nothing against you. Like, so glad we hired you. But I was like, okay, we have to give everyone a fair yeah. chance. So Brooke has to go through this first mm-hmm. round. And then the second round is going to be a little bit more expedited for her because we want her to be up with everybody else. And so I think you had to do your video and the next round, like, within a day or two of each other. Yeah. Right. I remember Kaylee coming back and she was like, she's the one, she's the one we're going to hire. Aww. And I'm like, that, like, that's, I'm sure it's a possibility, but we also have all these other people and we can't so just sweet. not pursue them. And so yeah, um, also I just remember the whole, like I had to do what everyone else had to do. I'm pretty sure I did the, I gave you guys yeah, my resume. I submitted the video interview. Do you want to, we go ahead and talk about that of all the things that you acquire in an yeah. interview. Yeah, so the very first step for us to um, consider someone in the interview process is you have to follow the directions. So we have you submit your resume and a cover letter, and we specifically say your resume and your cover letter. And I will tell you, we disqualify anyone who does not follow those directions. If they just submit a resume and no cover letter, we're like, sorry, you didn't follow the directions. Like, we are looking for someone who's detail-oriented, who know, who can follow the directions of um, doing this. And so um, we're at a point in business, we've been in business for this May will be 11 years. I can't believe it. But we'll be in business 11 years. We're at a point in business to where um, we can be strict on those things. Like there might be someone listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I would like disqualify everyone because nobody does that. Well, we are a little bit old school and we say we want you to submit your resume and we want you to submit your cover letter. And there's quite a few that don't do both. And so that first round of 34, I think we narrowed it down to like 25 or 26 people because there was a certain group of people who didn't submit the cover letter. And to me, why I why I require a cover letter is I want to see you pitching yourself in a written form. This is your written communication. So I'm getting a first glance at how you write and how you describe yourself. And I love reading cover letters. I actually, to be honest, I only scan the resume. And I know a lot of employers who only just scan the resume. Like I don't really care. What I'm looking for in a resume is longevity with a company. 
Like you're not bouncing around every six months because I'm not hiring someone just to bounce around and be here for six months. I'm hiring someone to be with us a long time. And so the first thing I look for is longevity with the company. The second thing I look for is you generally know something about the industry. Even if you've never been in a a position that we're hiring for, you generally know something about the position. Like you've been in this role before, you've been in the events industry before, you've done something related to the role. It does not have to be experiential being the same thing, especially for a content manager. I mean, everything in marketing is changing on a daily basis. So um, you don't necessarily have to have that experience, although it's nice. So that's the very first round. Follow directions, submit your cover letter and your resume which I just told you guys why I submit or why I require both of those. And so follow the directions, guys. When you're when you're applying, follow the directions. Sometimes that's the whole reason they have you do that. You might think of that and you're like, oh, I don't have to submit that. It's fine. Like they'll, they can see all that stuff in the resume. Yeah. Well, and you think Not about, necessary. which I mean, part of what I was going to talk about too could be geared towards someone who maybe is looking for a job also like I don't know if anyone Mm -hmm. listening to hiring might be you know looking for a new job but I just think your cover letter is what makes the company like decide if you really care about their company and about that position and something that I didn't do this for render because me and Kaylee had already like hit it off from the beginning Mm -hmm. but in one of my past jobs, I had actually done like a brand video. And I don't think I've ever told you about this, but I submitted it Mm -hmm. with my cover letter having because I didn't have any experience in that industry or anything. And so I submitted my brand video with like as a link within my cover letter, and they were able to go and watch it. And I was just thinking if you are dying to get a job somewhere because you're obsessed with the brand or you, you know, just really want this type of position, I say go above and beyond because things like making a video where they can see you and see your personality or even just like a very thoughtful cover letter is going to stand and, you know, show above everyone else who has submitted their resume. Yeah, the cover letters that stand out to me are if you name whoever's hiring you by name, not to whom it may concern. Right, not copy and paste. Whom it may concern or... Um, at least mention the name of the business, like at least say like, to the hiring, you know, committee of render or some like, say something like, I don't want a um, typed up one that you're sending to all of the places that you are submitting for. Like I want you to say Cam or Kaylee or someone like, it doesn't take very long to just go on Instagram and go check out like who's on the team or go to their website. And even if you don't know who's hiring you, like, at least reach out to the owner, like just put the owner's name down there or something. Even if they never see it. Uh, Kaylee looked at all of the cover letters and resumes first before I did. And I told her my criteria. And so she weeded out some of the ones that didn't make sense to keep reading. Um, But name the person or name the company in your cover letter. Don't just submit one that fits all. Because that's, we can tell. As a hiring person, I can tell. So definitely mention that. And mention why you're great for it. I mean, you typically will have a job description or you'll have some sort of list of points of what the job entitles or entails. And so at least mention like, 
hey, I'm so excited to get into um, podcast editing. Like that sounds super intriguing to me and I'm a quick learner. I'm excited to get to know more about that position, like whatever it looks like. But be intentional with that cover letter. It's very, very important. I love that you do a video too. That's super cool too. Okay, so it's the second round of interviews. So that's the very first uh, thing. You cannot move on unless you follow the directions and you do those things in that first round. The second round, we had to make some adjustments, Brooke. So the first time or the previous times that we've hired, we've done this uh, process in person. But because of COVID, we had to move it online. And honestly, we might continue to do it online regardless because it was actually really great. And I love doing it. And a lot of the people who submitted their videos were like, that was so much fun. I've never done an interview like that. That was so cool. And we're like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, We use a platform called My Interview. And if I remember correctly, it was a free platform or a super affordable one. I can't remember if it was free or, or super cheap, but it was a great platform. And essentially what you get to do on it is you get to write a question and then give the applicant a certain amount of time to answer it in a video form. And if I remember right, Brooke, did it let you like redo the video or did you do a video? And you only it? had like so many redos you could get. Like yeah, so something. like I'm pretty sure y'all made us do like five questions or something like that, and yeah, like you could questions. only if you really messed up on one, you could redo it, but you only had so many chances, so you could not redo like every single question. We realized that we should probably give you guys more time when we were putting together those interview questions. We were like, okay, let's answer it, but the thing is, we already knew what we were looking for in an answer and just answered it, and we we're like, oh, that's enough time, and then people were like. I think on the next video, they're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't do that, but I can't talk about that now because now I have to like answer this next question. It was actually yeah. kind of Um, But in those questions, we asked things like, um, are you up for adventure or do you like a plan? Like when you go on vacation, do you like a plan or do you like adventure? We asked, um, how do you handle hard situations? Are you someone who um, researches how to do that or like how do you handle those hard hard uh, situations we um, just asked a lot of um, questions that kind of got us to realize who they were were they problem solvers were they someone who asks a lot of questions which both are fine we just wanted to know who we we're talking to and so we went from about 25 or so people who went through that and then we I think we narrowed it down to like 12 people after that And so that interview process we've done in person, we invited everybody in for a group interview. We sat around in our ghost chairs in a circle. And I think it was intimidating for some people, but I also think it was super fun for other people (laughs) as well. Um, But we just got to ask them questions of like, you know, where, what is the, I think one of the questions was. We all did a a group interview with some of the people that. In the, in the time before. So not not the round of. Yeah, not in the round that you were in, but the position previous to that, I think it was back in February before COVID hit, we interviewed in person. Um, But then we decided, well, we probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) We'd have to really spread out. So we did a resume and cover letter, then the interview questions, which you could either do in a group setting like we did back in February, or you could do through a platform like my interview or something like that. Um, which really gets you to get to know them a little bit better. And then the third spot on that was we gave everyone who moved on to the next level 
a um, kind of challenge. We wanted to see them at work, like prove that you can do follow directions again. And we want to see what your your style is, what your what you can put together. And so we gave, I think it was four different things that you had to do. So the first one is you needed to write a blog post. And we gave, this is kind of a trick question, which I don't know if you like caught onto it or a trick thing. We gave um, like four topics or five topics or something that you could yeah. write on. Um, so we gave them the topic. We gave some media that you could use. So we gave like some photos and some colors that you could use. So we gave them this packet of stuff and we purposefully put photos that we would never, ever use. And then we put some brand photos. I don't know if you remember that or not, but there was like certain photos that we were like, oh, if they choose this photo, like they are automatically. It was like a uh, one that you can find on the internet or whatever, like one of those little stock images or something. Oh my God. We'll have to look back at mine and see if I used one of the ones y'all were like. (laughs) You didn't. You didn't. No, you didn't. But we were like, okay, we're going to put some stock in here that are like, not the brand. Yeah, no, you did great. You did great. I think most of everyone used our brand images. I don't think anyone used the stock images, but we were like, let's see if they are paying attention to our branding, like as a content manager. I was going to say, I remember like getting that email that had, and I just felt like, oh my gosh, this is for real. <laughs> this is like serious. I'm serious. I wasn't expecting for the interview to be so, I don't know if intense is the right word, but I guess it kind of was intense. Like it wasn't just like you go in for an interview. Like there was a process that, you know, I had to go through. Well, and you know, the reason why we have multiple steps and like projects associated with it and video interviews and all of that is because I grew up um, working for restaurants or I work, uh, grew up working at bridal shops and, and such where they do a one group interview and you're in or you're out. Like they either like you or they don't. And I stayed at those jobs for, you know, some uh, just a month or two in some six months to nine months or something like that. And what we're looking for is someone not to be here for just a few months. We're looking for someone to be here uh, for years or their entire career. Like Kaylee's been here for three and a half yeah. years. And we didn't have this interview process when Kaylee started because she was my first employee. But um, now that we do, you know, we're we're gearing up to have people stay around for a long time. We are not looking for someone just to job hop. And so if someone is not, if, if someone gets that project to do and they don't complete it, they probably weren't that interested. Yeah. Right. Like if you got that thing and you were like, oh, I didn't really want the job anyways, I was just kind of applying. You'd probably be like, that's too much work. Like, yeah. I'm out. You, the p- people that probably ended up going through all three steps probably were the most determined of, of anyone because it wasn't yeah. an easy assignment. I stayed up and like did it like because I was like trying to go really fast. So I wanted to submit it to you guys. But I mean, I did it for like hours one night, just making the little blog posts and everything. Yeah. But it was really cool. And it also gave yeah, us me a sense of like the brand's kind of style and everything else too. Well, and each position has a different project. So you as a content manager, we wanted you to do some content yeah. stuff. Like we wanted you to, to experience what the role is going to be like. And hopefully what you do nowadays is very similar to the project that we gave you. 
Um, but if we're hiring for a sales role, that's going to be a different project than the one that you got because it's a different role, right? And so this project that we give um, is going to fluctuate based on the role that we're, we're hiring yes. for. Um, so we gave you, you needed to write a blog post and we said, we need you also to write meta to uh, meta description and keywords. And so we wanted to make sure that you actually understood what that meant. Whether you Googled or not, I don't care. You can Google it. <laughs> like you don't have to know that information. You can Google it, but show me that you can uh, do that. Um, I think we had you put together a social media post for Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah. For that blog post, I think we gave you like three different topics you could choose from and then a whole bunch of Im images. And then we had you, we had to do one other thing. I can't remember what it was now. I mean, we had to write captions for each one, each of the posts. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of what else. I thought it, I think it was just the individual social media. Yeah, I think and that's the right. Blog. Yeah. We had to do the captions, the images, the blog posts, the meta description, the keywords. Yeah. And that was a project. And it did take a couple hours. And we wanted it to take a few hours because that was very accurate to what you would be doing in your role. And we had, I think, every single person responded. And that then gave us a good idea of could you, one, follow the directions? And two, are you picking the branding and the coloring and the fonts and um, the descriptions and like how your writing style is. We wanted to see how you write, uh, what you choose, all of that. So that was a big project. So Kaylee and I both went through all of the details of everyone's project um, and kind of separated out like, okay, you clearly don't, you're not resonating with kind of what you need to be doing and you are. And so we separated into those. And then we narrowed it down to three people to bring in for an in-person interview. And so we brought you in. And then we brought two other girls in um, to do an in-person interview. And we try to make those interviews very informal. Yeah. We want it to feel like a natural conversation. We don't want it to be so, you know, you know, stuffy and like, you know, I'm going to ask you this question, and you're going to answer. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to answer. We wanted it to be a conversation. Yeah. And I think we started the interview like we typically do. And we just said, hey, this is just a conversation of us getting to know each other. We're going to talk a little bit about work. We're going to talk about some life. We're going to talk about, you know, who you are as a person. Yeah. And we believe that this interview process is not only just us interviewing you, but you also interviewing us and you trying to figure out, is this company a company that you want to work yeah. for? And so we got to answer questions for you about the company and the brand. Um, we got to ask you about your life and your husband and what that looked like and all of that. And so um, it was great getting to know each of the girls that came in and really kind of understand who they were. And we took you on a tour of the warehouse and like showed you what life would look right. like here. And hopefully it's still accurate. <laughs> hopefully you feel like um, life looks that way yeah. still now that you're in. But but yeah, I don't really even remember yeah. and you even asked me any, I mean, maybe you did. I do remember you, you said a couple of times, like, and this is just a conversation and it, it did make me feel like more comfortable and not, you know, scared or anxious about like all these mm -hmm. interview questions that you normally get in an interview. But I don't even remember if you asked me any of those basic interview questions that people normally get asked maybe you did but you worded it in a way where to where I felt comfortable you know so 
Yes. We do ask the questions, but we try to word it in a very natural yeah. way and not like a list of questions. What's your that biggest strengths you know, and weaknesses? Yeah. Yeah. I think we ask something similar that, to that. Something like, what do you think you bring best to a team or something like that? Or like, what's your favorite part of being a team member or something yeah. like that? So it's all about kind of how you ask those questions. We don't, we're not a typical like corporate company. And so we're not going to interview in the same way that a corporate company might interview. Um, we're a family here. And so we want you to, I think one of the questions, this is, I think this is Kaylee's favorite question. I would say that it's probably my favorite question as well is what core value out of our six core values do you resonate best yes, with? Yes, I remember you asking me that. Um, yes, we asked everyone that. And it was great for us to ask that because one, you either knew what our core values were or you weren't or you yeah. didn't. And so for you to be like, I actually really love this one. And this is why I love it yeah. too. That was really important to us. Um, I don't think any of you three that interviewed didn't have an answer. It would probably be really awkward if you well, I don't know. I don't really, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really remember. Well, it's yeah. funny because, I mean, you and I and Kaylee have talked about this, but that was one of the main reasons that I even wanted to work for Render was because I got on y'all's website and read the core values and I was like, okay, this is where I need to be. And so I already knew whenever y'all, I mean, I didn't have it memorized, but I, whenever you handed me the paper that had the core values listed on, and I was like, I don't need to read these because I can already tell you exactly which one spoke to me yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That's part of why we loved you so much was because you, that was one of the reasons why you wanted to work yeah. for us. Um, we have done many core values episodes in the past. If you go through episode one through six. Um, you can hear all about our, our core values and why we chose those core values and such. And so um, I encourage anyone who's listening to this, go back and listen to those. Um, but core values are at the core of our company. And now that you've been here for what, four months, five months or something like that, you probably still now know like how important core values are to us. We literally recite them every single yes. week. And we award people the core values. Like core values to us is super ingrained and deep into our souls. They aren't just here for show. They're not just on the wall. Like we truly believe and we try to live yeah. those out. You know those times where you open up Instagram and you realize it's been a few days or a week since you posted something? Then you furiously look through your camera roll and type up a witty caption, tag all the people, and upload? It can be so much easier. Planoly is the best tool for scheduling all of your content in an easy drag and drop flow so you can see it all in one place. I am a testament of Planoly. I've been using it for years and I absolutely love the ability that it gives me to auto post and plan out my feed as far in advance as I want. So if this sounds interesting to you or think it would make your life a little bit easier, check out the link in our show notes to get started with Planoly. So those are, that's the four steps. So just a quick recap. The first step is we are looking for someone to follow the directions. Send us your resume and your cover letter. The second step is the interview questions. So you can either do that video-wise or in person. Depends on your comfort level, I guess, with COVID and, and how we're going. If you listen to this like two or three years after we record it, I'm sure the world will be opened up again. You don't have to do it over the internet. Um, step number three was a project-based assignment. And so it's going to fluctuate and be different for every position that you're hiring for. And then step four is that in-person interview. 
And then, of course, you want to follow up with anyone who interviews with you uh, through each stage. So if you do not move someone over to the next stage, we try to really over communicate with those people like, hey, we really enjoyed getting to know you and reading your resume. But unfortunately, this time we are going to move on with some other people. Never, if you are in a hiring position, never, ever, 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 ever don't respond to someone. Like, listen loud and clear. You have to tell and communicate with the people who are reaching out to work for you, whether you are moving forward or you're not with them. Do not leave them in a lurch. Do not leave them hanging. I mean, like, well, I never heard from that company. Please do everybody a favor and respond to every single person, whether you're moving on with them or not. Yeah. So those are kind of the main things when it comes to hiring a new team member. Do we have any reviews to Oh, yeah. This one is called Amazing Podcast by Jessica Francisco. This podcast is truly one for the books. There's such amazing information from an inspiring person. Cannot wait for more to come out and to keep listening. Short and sweet, but so nice. Thank you, Jessica. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see you guys next week for part two, how to foster your current team members. Bye, guys. Bye.